Welcome to the Flare Confidence Podcast. I'm thrilled to have Kathy Beecham with us today. Kathy is a retired U.S. Bank Executive Vice President. She was responsible for management of their branch offices in 17 states and managing more than 11,000 employees in 1,200 retail bank offices. Kathy is very involved in the community, especially with a passion for kids at risk and the overall empowerment of women. She has been honored by dozens of organizations, too many for me to list today, many of which in banking, as well as the YWCA. She's been a Cincinnati Inquirer Woman of the Year, as well as she was the first recipient from the United Way in their Live Their Legacy Award. Thank you for joining us today, Kathy. Great. Thanks for having me. So, Kathy, you are an incredibly accomplished career woman. As a former bank lender myself, I can attest there's very few women who got as high up as you have. Mm. But I'll be, I'll be honest, it's not those accomplishments why I sought you out for this podcast. I have listened to you on different stages over the course of my career, and there was always something very fresh and different in your messages, from Jesus being the first investment banker <laughs> to just using your corporate skills in philanthropy or in mission work. And I would love to just start there, like how you've been able to transfer those skills into what you're doing today. Well, you know... I don't know if it's really transferring, Christy. I think, um, I think early on in my career, I actually started as a teacher. Is that I found out that I was interested in um, leading and mobilizing people to do things. My mother used to say that I actually um, used to lead all the neighborhood boys around playing army, you know, when I was like seven. So, so I don't know, you know, you say our leaders born, I don't know, but I definitely had some instincts that way. And so I think, um, part of my job, a big part of my job at the bank, um, at U.S. Bank was leading people, um, getting them engaged, um, getting, creating some vision for them that they, um, valued and, and could buy into. And so, in any group that I'm in, whether that's for the YWCA or United Way, um, it's all around the same thing. It's mm-hmm. creating vision and then engaging people um, well, and around being, something to and to do things. And being relational versus transactional, which I think is a skill that a lot of people are forgetting about. Yes. Well, yeah, I think it's, I don't know how you mobilize people if you aren't in relation invested. to them. You're invested in them. Mm-hmm. And I've always been really interested in people. And I... I, I just, I like their stories. I like what makes them tick. And I, I love listening and getting engaged with them. So I completely agree. Yes. You mentioned prior that you and Pete started um, a legacy of your own, that you'd both worked in philanthropy in separate time or in separate roles. And you decided towards the end of his life to do something together. Can yeah. you share that with us? Yeah. In fact, it was funny because um, both of us worked really hard. We were both really busy professionals. Um, he had his own business, the Angus Group, and then I <clears throat> I was at the bank. And the only place we volunteered together was actually at Crossroads, where we go to church. And so we did a little volunteering there, and we enjoyed it. You know, we enjoyed seeing each other, serving others. And uh, and so when I stopped working, Pete got diagnosed with the brain tumor, and then I start, stopped working um, he was obviously not working, and we started having all these fun things. We would did trips, and um, we were working his bucket list. And I said, you know, I think we're having too much fun. We should, <laughs> we should do something together. We should volunteer together. And in fact, that's what we did. Um, we interviewed some CEOs and nonprofits, and we didn't get too far in that process. Um, we talked to Shardy Ventura, who was then the CEO of the YWCA. 
and talked about the fact that they that there was some money coming from uh, Ford Foundation okay. to explore doing different kinds of diversity training. And simultaneously, the Y was looking um, to invest more in their young, what they called rising stars. So these were high-achieving women under 40. And so uh, Pete and I talked about, she said, why don't you design something? that would address both of those needs. How do we build into young women and can we try something new on the diversity front? And that's how we created a leadership program. Well, how did you two even know? Like, where did you start? Well, um, both of us had been working with people our whole lives. Um, Pete was in the human resource business. I had been in the human resource business before I was in banking. Um, So both of us had connections and... Um, and we thought just very simply that one of the best ways to train uh, young women um, were to give them exposure to um, the YWCA has a great legacy of career women of achievement mm-hmm. that they have honored over the last you know number of years. Yes. I think we're on our 40th year or 41st year. And so there are all these career women that are accomplished. Why not? let them teach absolutely what they've learned and create a forum to do it. But that might have been one of the first times that that was even talked about, right? Like Correct. just to even bring those women Bring back. those women together mm-hmm. and then create an environment where they could be teaching younger women. And then we, um, we ended up partnering with a global, um, uh, global lead, which is a equity training firm, and they helped us develop the um, racial justice and gender equity part of that. And, uh, and the program was created, so... It's, I think it's on its 11th year now, so we've probably trained, you know, gosh, 300 women or so at least. Do you go back in for guest performances speaking to check in and see how they're no, doing? No, I'm actually or? running it. I You're actually run it. I'm okay. still running it. Yeah, I still run it. <laughs> yeah, we do. Uh, yeah, every year. It'll be 11th year, and I stay. I'm in every class. I meet every woman, oh. get to know them, so it's it's awesome. Thank you for doing that. Yeah. That's no, wonderful. It's very, it's very special. It's a great way. I love I love seeing people grow. And, and it, this is, it's a good training program. It, it actually, many, many women say it changes their life as they come out of it. So, And what, what would you say are those tips or those lessons, regardless of YWCA, but just for the younger women, what, looking back on your career, what advice can you give? Are there, I mean, obviously you need to make a paycheck, so they have to work hard. Yes. But is there, are there any things that you can share that would help them? I would say, um... I think always the secret of success is um, getting in a job where um, how you've been gifted, how you've naturally been gifted is needed. And when you can match your own natural gifting and desires with what a company or an organization needs, then uh, people tend to thrive and achieve a lot mm-hmm. um, because they have a passion for it. We, I think we're all happiest when we get to use our gifts. So um, finding that spot and then doing it really, really well. I mean, working really hard and doing it really well. It's not that complicated. Um, but it's getting in the right spot where you have your, your gifts can be used and then working as hard and doing your job as excellent as you can do mm-hmm. it, as you're capable of doing it. Um, that tends to... Um, um, create an environment that people start following you because they like what you're doing and they like the way you're doing it. And so I think that tends to create 
a, um, a kind of a track record of, of being able to lead others. Well, and it probably creates some energy, too, around that person. So you Absolutely. start seeing, wow, they're happy at work. They enjoy coming to work. They're putting in their effort, regardless of how many hours they're there. Right. And maybe they can even leave earlier because they're more efficient and effective in their job. And they probably get the promotions. You know, they, they get probably tapped to do the pretty cool projects, too. Well, and I, I think a big... I think a big trick of, of leading well is not focusing on yourself. It's really um, understanding the needs of the organization or the company you're in and wanting to do your part to try to move them forward. Um, understanding the needs of your team and having your attention focused on other people. Um, and then, you know, the, the results, the promotions, the more responsibility, I think that just kind of comes as a result mm-hmm. of that. But I, my experience has been it's always focusing on what other people need and how can you meet that? What's a creative way to meet that need? And now that you're in a faith-based organization, so Kathy now works with Crossroads Church. You're in charge of all the different facilities. So similar to running your retail branches at the bank, you're now running multiple multiple churches. How can um, people who are not working in, in ministry bring their faith to work? Or do you feel like there still needs to be that caution line I actually don't think, I mean, I think there's a lot of ways that you can live your faith in your workplace. Um, I mean, do your job really well. I mean, that's a good way to mm-hmm. use your faith. I mean, if, if you think about it, God basically provides for his people through um, businesses who provide services. Um, and that's the way he cares for us. So doing your job really well is a uh, is a great way to um, to show your faith and express um, and give him the glory for that. It's it's a lot. I mean, that's a very simple way to do it. Um, I think the I think the other ways you can do it is you um, you show a lot of interest in other people, and um, if they're in crisis or if they are going through difficult times, you're listening to them. Mm -hmm. And I have many, many times offered to pray for people Mm -hmm. um, when they're in a hard situation. And whether that person is active believer or not, it doesn't matter. Most people are always welcome. They welcome prayer. I agree. They they welcome the opportunity to have somebody uh, pray with them. So I think that if you look for those opportunities, um, it's it's very possible that those are those are there. Um, I think the other th- there's other ways that um, that we clearly can do God's work in the workplace. I mean, if you think of the needs that are in the world and the kinds of problems that need solving, um, many times um, creating an organization that provides jobs for people, that creates um, products and services that we don't have, all that is an expression really of of God's love for us and of the abundance that he has. Mm -hmm. Well, I love too that regardless of what faith you are, Christian, Hindu, Muslim, Jewish, most of us have a tenant of graciousness, gratitude, serving. So even if we're not serving the same God, we can all be out serving the homeless of our of our area, of our country, of our world. Yes. I mean, I feel like that is something that can draw us all together. And um, I do, I see it downtown in our city that corporations are allowing people to go to Matthew 25 for an right. afternoon to Ronald McDonald House to serve the families there. I mean, I just, I love that that is becoming part of a corporate, corporate culture. Yes. Regardless that it doesn't have the religion on it, um, but that people are allowed to to share their gratitude. Yes. 
Well, and I guess the other thing that we should not let go by without noting is that as you're successful in business or in any organization, um, you tend to create wealth. Mm-hmm. And that's for yourself, for your family, for the people around you, for you, you're able to give. You're able to give from that wealth to um, to causes and, uh, and uh, folks that are in need. And that's a huge legacy. And it feels so good. It does. Yeah. It does. <laughs> and granted, you know, my 10% may be very different than the big fat cat's 10%, but it really feels wonderful to be able to redistribute that wealth Absolutely. to other areas that I'm really fa- passionate about. And our listeners, I'm sure, too. Yes. How has it been leaving the corporate world? I'm looking at Kathy right now. She's in beautiful pearl necklace and earrings, (laughs) but she's not in a navy suit anymore. Do you love wearing your jeans to work? Do Do you feel like a millennial? Yes. No, I don't really feel like a millennial. Hard from it, but I do. It's uh, I do like not having to be dressed up. And heels are just the most brutal things in the whole world, you know. So uh, yeah, not being in airports and not having to dress up has been a welcome relief. So um, although really there is a uniform at Crossroads too. It's it's unspoken but you know almost everybody has jeans on and it's very casual attire so it is uh but it's a whole lot easier and it is a lot more enjoyable and less expensive on your dry cleaning absolutely bills. less expensive there yes. are definitely it's fun though to see i think banking will be the last to leave the yeah suit. probably banking, right attorney accountants yes yes <laughs> yeah financial advisors yep absolutely yep what else would you like to share with our listeners just in ways to empower women um living your faith, being authentic, building your confidence, just anything else you'd like to share? I mean, you've given us such wisdom already. Mm. You know, I think for anybody that's a person of faith, I think praying is really important Um, and having a relationship with God um, that you're constantly um, setting aside time in an intentional way to connect to him. And then um, I find also it's important to be praying for the people that you're working with. Or for, mm-hmm. or who work for you. So um, I have a list of everybody that uh, works for me, and I I pray for them every at least every week, and I make a little notation of what they've asked me to pray for them. So it's very interesting to be able to go back and see how they've grown and the mm-hmm. kinds of challenges they've had, and and so I think it's um I think that's a, a really important thing to do as a leader is to is to pray for the people that uh, work for you. And do you? Just simply ask them, Susie, what yep. can I be praying for what you? What can I be praying for you yeah. about? Yes. I love that. Yes, I do. Just and simply. Do they act stunned the first time, but then embrace no. it? No, they, they're pretty much ready to tell me exactly <laughs> what it is they want They want prayer for. So, um, But I think that's, a, I, we haven't really talked about that, but I think that's an important part of, um, of, of actually just integrating um my life with God and my conversations with him, with my life at work and the people who are in my world, along with any other work that I do. It's all one big, we always say at Crossroads, it's all one big ball. Well, and you're the same person then everywhere. You're not yes. trying to be someone different at work, at home, in the community. That's correct. You're, you're the same Kathy everywhere you go. And that's hard for people to do, but I think as you start doing it, it feels more real and, and it's much more comfortable. Yes, I would agree. Thank you so much for being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. You are just amazing. Um, I just, I feel like I'm just beaming just being in your presence. So thank thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Such encouragement today. Yes. (laughs) Thank you, Christy, for being interested. Oh my gosh. We'll be back in touch. Okay. (laughs) Bye-bye.